G'day, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news, worker stories and social justice issues. This program is produced in the Melbourne studios of 3CR on the stolen lands of the Kulin Nation and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Today we talk to Josh Cullinan from the Retail and Fast Food Workers Union, RAFU, about Woolworths and the issue of wage theft. We follow that with an update on the RTBU, the Rail Tram Bus Union Victoria branch negotiations with the private company Metro for a fair EBA. But first, some union news. The Australian Council of Trade Unions, the ACTU, is expecting that the federal government will try to push through the Senate the anti-union legislation, the Ensuring Integrity Bill, starting on the week of November the 11th. The Senate inquiry into the legislation has heard from ordinary union members, academics, religious leaders and human rights lawyers that ensuring integrity would be an attack on the most basic rights of working people, reducing the ability of unions to protect workers and fight for pay rises, while also putting Australia out of step with the international community and in breach of our obligations under international law. The inquiry also heard that the Worker Benefits Bill would strip thousands of workers of invaluable services like suicide prevention and low-cost insurance. Under ensuring integrity, unions taking even 10 minutes protest action to protect the safety of workers and the general public could face deregistration with union leaders barred from holding positions. An independent international review has found this legislation is only comparable to laws passed by fascist dictatorships. In practical terms, Ensuring Integrity Bill is trying to enshrine the ability to have anyone, including employers, who is affected by union actions to be able to put in place deregistration procedures and to interfere in who the membership can appoint as their leaders. The outcome of the Senate vote hangs in the balance with independent and one-nation senators holding the balance of power. Here is a comment from Ralph Edwards from the CFMEU Construction and General Division Victoria calling workers to reach out to these senators for the future of working people in this country. That also leads to on to the next subject with the Senate and that's ensuring integrity. The legislation is going to be in the uh, Parliament this month. And what we're asking people to do, and unions uh, putting advertisements in papers and so on, we're asking you to uh, email all these crossbench senators, not just Lambie, but also Griff and uh, Patrick from uh, South Australia and anyone else you can think of, and put it on them that what they're doing in terms of uh, trying to do, uh, shall we say, business with the Morrison government about getting money for their states, that you're also not there just to represent the states. You're also there to represent ordinary working people and you should have a very serious think about what you're going to be doing to the trade union movement at a time when wage theft, the, the, the $300 million that Woolworths owe and all the rest of it is going on, that's when you need unions. You don't need political interference from governments, which is a constant theme in this country. And uh, unions have been deregistered. People have been denied representation. People have actually had their wages and conditions adversely affected by political interference. So 
The crossbenchers have a little think about just what ensuring integrity is all about. It's not about individuals. It's not even about a particular union. It's about basically smashing trade unions. And then they'll stand back and go, oh, Woolworths did the wrong thing, but who's going to highlight it? Nobody. Unions do. United Voice, which covers aged care workers, responded to the interim report from the Royal Commission into Aged Care calling on the Federal Government to accept that its policies have brought aged care in this country to its knees. It said in its media release that the full extent of the underfunding and understaffing crisis laid out in the interim report from the Aged Care Royal Commission is a national emergency. Years of cuts... Funding freezes and neglect by the coalition government have left Australia's aged care system broken. In the interim report, the Royal Commission have acknowledged the pressures on Australia's aged care workforce, underpaid, undervalued, underappreciated and overworked, rushed and generally under pressure. United Voice aged care members are passionate and hardworking, working in the best interests of care recipients, says the union, navigating chronic understaffing and huge workloads. The Royal Commission has acknowledged that under the current system, workers are not able to deliver quality care. The fact that the Royal Commissioners have stated the current system diminishes us as a nation is a shocking indictment on the Morrison government, says the union. Jude Clark, residential aged care worker from Western Australia, says, As a care worker, I'm glad to see that the interim report reflects the seriousness of the crisis facing my sector. I believe that staffing is an issue that cannot wait for another 12 months. We need urgent action for the safety of residents and co-workers. Older Australians deserve better and this government needs to do better by them and the people that look after them now. Carolyn Smith, United Voices National Director of Aged Care, says we welcome the Aged Care Royal Commission acknowledging the importance of the aged care workforce and for their commitment to examining critical workforce issues. Australia must be able to attract and retain aged care workers. This report must be the impetus for urgent action, she said, to save our aged care sector and save the workforce. In our survey of 5,000 workers released a fortnight ago, one in four workers said they plan to leave in the next five years. This report vindicates the voice of aged care workers. They have been speaking out for years about the chronic understaffing, chronic underfunding and the lack of time to provide quality care in our current system. Stick together. 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 You're listening to Stick Together. On Community Radio. You are listening to Stick Together, Workers' Stories, Union News. When the CEO of Woolworths, Brad Baducci, apologised for the $300 million wage theft his company had perpetrated on its salaried managers, he tried to say it all happened because the Australian industrial system is so complicated. He is reported as saying in the management speak we are used to hearing that the company intends to engage in an industry-level dialogue regarding the complexity of modern awards. But let's get it clear, it isn't Australia's industrial relations landscape that has made Woolworths this week's wage thief of the week. No worker has come forward showing how they have been overpaid. Think about it. I spoke to Josh Cullinan from the Retail and Fast Food Workers Union, REFU, 
who has been at the forefront of bringing large employers to account for its members. Hello, Josh. Thanks very much for talking to me about uh, what's going on in Woolworths. Uh, uh, it's on everybody's minds uh, that Woolworths has been outed as a, a waged thief. But uh, one of the things that I was interested in was how it was discovered that they were waged thieves. Can you explain what happened? Yeah, sure. So, so we know that for a very long time, uh, Woolworths has been able to pay the vast majority of its staff uh, well below the minimum award rates under lawful wage theft because they had these rotten deals approved by the Commission going back um, 30 years. Um, and what we know uh, is that since 2010, the company has been able to rely on that for the wages paid, EBA wages paid staff, so these are wages, hourly wages paid staff. But since 2010, there's been the General Retail Industry Award applying to salaried staff. And these are usually your assistant managers, your department managers, lots of other um, workers that were effectively one rung um, into management um, or supervision in the workplace. And, uh, and duty managers and nightfall managers. And they were people and who felt that they had their loyalty to uh, Woolworths because they were uh, part of the management structure. Yeah, I think, I think that's right for many of them. Of course, any worker who takes on a managerial role and ends up um, working 60 hours a week for uh, 50 grand or 60 grand um, doesn't take long for them to realise that they've been hoodwinked um, and really they're just part of the system that exploits their labour, like they're demanded to exploit the labour that they supervise as well. But um, they, they, they were bought into the system, they were offered these salaries, um, and they were working under these salaries. But the whole time, those salaries were subject to the award. There was no wonderful, special, outrageous SDA deal that they, the company could rely on to cut their penalty rates and overtime rates and night rates. And so what happened was that in 2016, uh, RAFLU launched. Uh, we were very actively campaigning in Woolworths, as with all of the other retail and fast food workplaces, to draw attention to workers um, exactly how much they'd been losing under these old rotten deals. Uh, in 2018, we were negotiating uh, with Woolworths for a new enterprise agreement, and our member uh, activist, Lucas Kakajianis, applied to terminate the Woolworths agreement with our help and we were claiming a billion dollars in back pay because we said for the last um, six years that agreement had cost workers about a billion dollars was what we thought at the time. Um, in, as part of all of that, some of these salary managers started asking what, what we were talking about and what it all meant. And so over last summer, uh, we had a, a number of conversations with managers and a couple of those managers actually went to Woolworths and said, well, wait a sec, my salary's not adding up. I'm not getting the minimum rates I would otherwise get um, or I should be getting under the award. Woolworths quietly um, dealt with those um, inquiries um, and went along its uh, merry way. And we thought that that was um, not surprising for a company that had saved hundreds of millions with that system in place. And so we started preparing a class action to be able to recover those wages for those salaried workers. We've obviously got a lot of things on, but we were collating the contracts, the payslips, the other materials. Um, but it all sort of stemmed out of this inquiry of workers once they started to become aware of um, how much the SDA deals had been costing workers and whether they had some other 
um, set of rights, which, of course, these workers did. So we've got this remarkable situation where Woolworths has now admitted $300 million, on average $50,000 per worker. Wow. Five and a half thousand workers. A huge amount of money. Some of these workers will be owed well over 100 grand. Wow. And, and in, but in reality, that's because they were being paid a salary which didn't pay all the things the SDA EBA didn't pay. Yeah. And so if we, if we extrapolate this out, $300 million for 5,500 workers, what it is is it's symbolic of about $5 billion over the last 10 years not paid to the 100,000 workers that were working at, um, at Woolworths under the rotten SDA deals. So it certainly, um, it certainly just shows just how much workers have had fleeced from their pay. Now, it's also a very uh, st- uh, strong example of what's going on in our industrial landscape because uh, on one side you've got it being used as a pol- wage theft being used as a political football. So there's quotes where you've got uh, um, the uh, Liberal Party uh, industrial relations fellow saying, oh, you know, uh, they we're putting in tough uh, criminal laws against this sort of thing. And uh, the Labor person saying they're obviously not taking it seriously. But... Actually, if the present government was taking it seriously, we would be getting different outcomes because this is where politics meets real working people's experience of life. No, that's right. And and look, we all know that um, capitalism works by those with power and those with capital extracting every single dollar when they can. We've got a situation where companies can't lawfully extract this money anymore, but there's no real repercussions for these organisations. And whilst we describe the crocodile tears of Woolworths as they came to their... uh, and they exposed um, what they had been doing, in reality, there there wasn't a single tear. There, There wasn't a single tear dropping down Brad Banducci's cheek. But in a practical sense, over the last decade, there have no doubt been many tears from many workers who lost a great deal of time with their families, who lost the opportunity to have the income that they rightfully earned and should have been paid, and that could have gone towards, no doubt, you know, time with their family, um, putting a roof over their head and feeding, and feeding themselves. And, and the reality is, is that no one in the major two parties has any interest in returning these wages on a systematic basis. The ALP has been a long-time apologist for the SDA um, and refused to support the pay protection bill, which would have returned billions of dollars of wages in late 2016. Um, And in in a practical sense, we believe that there needs to be the full exposure of what's been going on right across the economy in terms of wage theft. The best that, that that can happen with that in Australia at the moment is a World Commission. Um, we think that that will help expose exactly what needs to be done. We have Christian Porter, who famously recently called the SDA the gold standard in unionism. After yeah. Meeting, that was came after meeting with the head execs at McDonald's. Uh, that sort of says it all. Um, but uh, he's, he's come out um, last night saying that they'll increase penalties and they'll continue to pursue their... Uh, wage theft 
criminalisation legislation. In a practical sense, though, you know, in 2017, we had legislation passed for franchises, the Protecting Vulnerable Workers Bill, which substantially increased the penalties against franchisors for the conduct of franchisees where they didn't take steps, uh, reasonable steps. We haven't seen any prosecutions, no substantive prosecutions in that space. But I'm very confident if you go into any McDonald's, you'll find workers not getting their 10-minute rest breaks. If you go into any subway, you'll find workers not being paid their minimum wages. Yeah, Um, because really saying you're going to get tough is really part of the publicity campaign to maintain the general population's belief in the system. So if we look at what's going on with Woolworths, they are in the midst of curating their deceit using the mainstream media. So the article will say, we're terribly sorry. Uh, We won't get our bonuses. Um, And then the one that's been percolating all year at all the events I've been going to when I go to the big end of town is that, oh, the industrial relations system's so complicated. And Berducci actually said, he said, oh, it's a complex issue. Right now, as it's been pointed, uh, and Westacott, who's the Business Council of Australia chief executive, Westacott says uh, it was inadvertent uh, mispayment, and that she goes on to say we do need to make sure we aren't creating an industrial relations system that is so complex. 122 awards, multiple agreements, multiple clauses that is vulnerable to inadvertent payroll mistakes. Now, I've been to several events where this is what the big end of town is trying to run. It's all so complex. But in actual fact, the 122 classifications is a much smaller amount. There used to be many more. Payroll systems have always been capable of dealing with those uh, different rates. And uh, there used to be many more K categories in the past without computers. So what do you reckon these people are after? Oh, they're after the hard-earned wages of workers. I mean... It's even more simple. In fast food, there are three award classifications. Yeah. In retail, underneath the store manager, there are six award classifications. A couple of them are reserved for trades. So the, these systems are not complex. It's not just the big end of town. We had the SDA out apologising for Woolworths uh, yesterday and, and during the week saying that this is um, that the industrial relations system is complex. And, and complex. Is simple, uh, complex, it's, they say. It's a, yeah, and they say it's just... It's a sign, it's a symptom of the industrial relations system being broken. (laughs) Well, clearly, the industrial relations system isn't broken. It's just not being enforced. And the problem with that, that it comes back to these huge companies, so the Westacots of the world who, you know, West Farmers has enjoyed billions of dollars that it's saved by SDA deals and by other arrangements that have involved wage theft and and Woolworths the same. Um, And what what we're really facing is a system where they expect the worker, so the the often young but the very low-paid worker, a worker who's been paid less than the minimum award wage, to go about litigating these mammoth organisations. And I can tell you, when, when Lucas Kakajianas took on his case, he against a very well-resourced legal team, multiple barristers, not just with Woolworths, but there sat the SDA with their barristers and their legal team. And there sat the AWU with their team as well against him. And this is a young worker who has been paid less than the minimum award wage. And 
somehow he was supposed to bring um, bring that case and and have it heard quickly and decisively. And we see time and again that they use every opportunity they can to avoid and to stop the return of these wages. And Domino's is another good example. Uh, you know, it's very clear what's happening in Domino's. Workers are being paid less for all of those years that the class action is underway for. Uh, but Domino's hasn't fronted up and said, you know, we'll pay. They just keep trying to argue their technicalities. And so, yes, the system is certainly geared towards capital. It's certainly geared towards the bosses. There's only been one way that workers have been able to deal with that throughout history, and that's by unionising, and that's by building fighting unions, and that's by not only taking the cases but also preparing for direct action. And, that's, and, and that is the only way we're going to see systemic change. We'll get new legislation... Um, you know, and there'll be you know four repeat offences, and you might be able to get a CEO into in, into the uh, into the dock. But we expect they'll churn their CEOs with each of their breaches. Um, what we're not going to see is systemic change until workers are organised and fighting um, in the way that militant unions fight. Ordinary workers should be very careful about how these organisations cur- curate their deceit in the mainstream media. Oh, ab- absolutely, and so. It takes a keen eye to go back over the series of communications that have come out, um, in our case, since uh, 2015, when it was first exposed what had been going on in retail and fast food. Uh, After the Coles win in 2016, we saw a lot of the media um, buying the, uh, with hook, line and sinker, a lot of the mainstream media buying hook, line and sinker, the line that there'd been some kind of change in the industrial laws, that it was more complex than it had been. And we see Wes Farmers and Woolworths now heavily repeating that in the AIG and the SDA, that there's been some kind of change. It's too much red tape now. It's too hard to get an agreement approved. The only thing that's changed is that they can no longer get an agreement approved. Well, they should no longer get an agreement approved, which undercuts the minimum wages. But that's the only thing that's changed. There's actually scrutiny now where there wasn't scrutiny before. Um, and, you know, I, I think that it's, it's that kind of curation of the media has been a very important task of the employer groups and of, and of the SDA, and I think that that is leading to this situation where, no doubt, as part of the, uh, as part of the federal government's review, they will be proposing weakening arrangements around agreement-making and the better-off overall test. I mean, we still have situations... Where one particular fair work commissioner, which I won't name, um, he seems to find it particularly offensive that Rafflu would dare raise concerns and dare demand that the Fair Work Commission proper, uh, properly scrutinise each of these deals. Um, and you know, and it comes on the back of the billions of dollars that have been stolen from workers. So yeah, absolutely, the mainstream media um, has a lot to answer for in terms of being not only exposing some of these stories and keeping them quiet, um, but also in allowing and facilitating um, the West Farmers of the world, the Woolworths of the world and others to tell a story, which is just fundamentally not true. You're listening to Stick Together, Union News, Workers' Stories, Social Justice Issues. We reported on the 16th of October that the rail, bus, tram union, the RBTU in Victoria, were in the middle of enterprise bargaining negotiations with Metro, the private company that the Victorian government has outsourced the state city rail service to. We reported that Metro wanted a clause that would allow them to disregard any of the outcomes if they so chose. 
RBTU members meet outside Parliament on the 31st of October. Marcus Harrington reports. We're back here at Parliament House uh, where we've just uh, had the rally against Metro Trains. You want to tell us a bit about what happened here this morning? Well, us from the Railway Tram and Bus Union have gotten here together today to demand that Metro bargain with its workforce in good faith and give them a fair deal. A wage rise that meets the cost of living, decent workable conditions so that the people who actually run our public transport system can have decent working lives to deliver the best quality public transport service for the people who use it. Yeah, being Halloween today, there was a Halloween-themed rally. Uh, yeah, um, some people came dressed up in capes and with jack-o'-lanterns and things like that. And uh, there's nothing more ghoulish than the Metro CEOs and bosses. So yeah, we made a bit of a uh, bit of a thing out of the theme today. <laughs> Amadeo was just saying the the Premier's office has just made a phone call to the union as of two minutes ago. That's right, and that's directly as a result of this rally on the steps of Parliament here today. So. It looks like we finally made a little bit of uh, leeway there and uh, we'll be able to sit down with them, hopefully sit down again with Metro real soon we'll be able to get this fixed and deliver a fair deal for our workers. And back here on the steps of Parliament, I'm now joined by uh, Darren Galea from the RTBU and do you want to tell us a bit about this morning's rally? Oh, this morning's rally was a protest against Metro. Um, we've been negotiating or uh, an enterprise agreement for a good eight months now. Um, Metro aren't come to the picture. Uh, we are uh, obviously in federal court at the moment, waiting to hear, um, you know, what the outcome is. Hopefully, on the sixth. Um, basically, Metro are doing everything they possibly can to take the rights away from our workers. These are hard-fought one conditions that go back for some time. So we're not going to put up with that. Uh, we're after a fair deal, um, and basically, yeah, Metro need to come to the picture. What are some of the items, these conditions, that Metro want to strip away from workers? Um, stuff pertaining pretty much dispute resolutions. So if uh, governments of today go to introduce some sort of practices, uh, we've got clauses in that agreement uh, to get Metro around the table to have further discussions. And there's a status quo provision tied with that until it gets to the Commissioner to get a resolution. They're basically saying that we wouldn't have the right to do that anymore. Um, these are the key elements and the foundations um, which do affect the whole entire membership, yeah. That's it for Stick Together today. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne. It's made possible through the financial support of the Community Radio Foundation and we come to you on the Community Radio Network through your local community radio station. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au or on iTunes. You can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or by calling 03 My name's Annie McLaughlin. Remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there's a union for you. And until next time, stick together.